Um, so I thought, again, a kind of questy vibe. We're going on a quest. <laughs> Sorry. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. Now, it's been a while since I've seen you. I haven't seen you actually since the 1st of February and the Neil Young, Joe Rogan and Spotify episode where I inadvertently stole an episode title from the Alan Averill podcast, Agitators Anonymous, completely by accident. So sorry about that, Alan. If you're listening, you're not. But anyway, uh, yeah, completely stole that title there uh, inadvertently. And it was only when I was flicking through his episode titles to listen to his episode that he released about Neil Young that I realized that I'd stolen that. If you if you flip through his episodes there, you'll see the one I mean. I can't remember it exactly, but I completely stole that. Anyway, just to reference that. Um, yeah, so maybe some of you feared that I'd gone off heavy metal entirely and then had gone down a route of only listening to artists who'd been banned from Spotify or something crazy like that. That's not the case. Uh, I haven't done that. I just needed a bit of a break uh, because I wasn't really feeling it when I was trying to do a follow-up episode. I had a couple of different things um, in mind and I wasn't really feeling it. And then I recorded another episode, which I didn't release because it's part of a series of at least three episodes. And I haven't got the other two of those done yet. So that's in the can. And here I am tonight. And as you heard, for the first time ever, as the opening music, as the intro music to Feckin' Metal, you heard that lovely piece of music that Kyle McNeil from Seven Sisters composed for me. Uh, the quest, heavy metal quest, I'm going on a quest, Ferg's quest, and that's what this episode is all about. It's solely a quest-based episode, quest-based episode. And for this episode, I decided to investigate a little-known, somewhat obscure Swedish heavy metal band from the 80s called Universe. I was going to do it in the format that I proposed a few episodes ago, where I have one band that is new to me, but not necessarily a new band, and that would be Universe, and one band that is truly new, so a band that's been around since 2010 onwards. Now, when I started delving into Universe, even though there's not that much information available about them, I found myself writing pages and pages of notes, listening intently to their debut album, the self-titled Universe, from 1985, and really not having too much time to go into onto others in as much detail. So I reckon I'm going to split that up into two episodes, and I'll bring you a future episode about the band Unto Others, a band I've discovered recently, but I haven't had a chance to properly deep dive into. Again, they're two bands with small discographies, and you might think it's easy to just lash out an episode about a band who really only has one album, although they do kind of have two, which we'll get into. But it's not, because if you want to do it justice, and you don't want to just tack it on to an end of an episode, which I kind of did last time with Heavy Load and Nestor, um, it takes time. It takes time to listen and to write your thoughts, to compose an opinion, and to document that. And uh, yes, there you are. So, 
We are all going on a quest across the universe. Forgive that terrible pun there. But Universe the Band was from Sweden, formed in Uplands Vasby in Sweden in 1982. The lineup for universe when they formed was Hasse Hagman on bass, Anders Wetterstrom on drums, Per Nilsson on guitars, Michael Kling on guitars, uh, that's lead guitars and backing vocals, Freddie Christrom on keyboards and Kajel Wallen on vocals. I know I probably murdered all of those names there but they're relevant for later on so that's why I read them out. Uh, that was the release um, which was a split album with other bands on the Swedish label Sonnet, we'll get to that in a minute, but Universe had a couple of tracks that was their first ever release and it was a split album called Swedish Metal and the bands involved were Universe, Spellbound, Motherload and Shed, so a collection of Swedish metal on an album called Swedish Metal. By the time Universe recorded their first album, their debut album, which was the self-titled album Universe in 1985, they had removed Freddie Christrom from the band on keyboards, although he would make a return later on down the line. So I said Universe were formed in Uplands Vasby in Sweden in 1982. I can't remember how I first came across this band. Since I launched the concept of Ferg's Quest, a lot of people have got in touch with me suggesting bands that I might like, and I thank you for that. I've got a long list of suggestions. It's going to take me a long time to get through them. Um, some of the bands on there which I've been listening to are Chastain, uh, Liege Lord, um, and various others and some of them have large discographies it'll take a while to listen to some of them are not clicking with me straight away and I've kind of moved on and I've tried out some other bands instead so um, Universe were one that I could tackle quite easily if that was a suggestion by somebody and I've forgotten who I apologize but it also could have just been through one of my um, many deep dives into metal archives and just looking at who was in what band in in the 80s and just spending hours reading up about stuff like that which i tend to do sometimes and all of a sudden it's 2 a.m and i need to go to sleep so yeah if somebody suggested this to me i can't remember maybe you didn't and maybe i found it myself anyway i came across the band i really liked the logo actually which was the first thing that drew me to them um because i'm such a fucking superficial vacuous man a vain vain man no um it was the logo that drew me to them and then i saw the band dream troll actually a modern band a new wave of traditional heavy metal band released a t-shirt there recently and it's their name dream troll which seemed to mimic the universe logo and that kind of reminded me about universe again i was like i must go back and listen to them again um but it wasn't i found out mimicking the universe logo it was in fact mimicking the transformers logo the old like cartoon transformers uh from the 1980s and then i was wondering um were universe mimicking that as well and were dream troll making a reference to universe or were they just making a reference to transformers people in the comments started making universe jokes i made one myself it was all a big, huge thing. Um, anyway, I bought the t-shirt because I really liked it. That's a tangent, and I will probably go on a few of those. Back to the matter at hand. I was saying they formed in Uplands Vasby in Sweden in 1982. Uh, from my reading, I can see that hard rock was very prominent in that area at the time. There were lots of rock bands making their way through the kind of club and pub scene, uh, doing smaller gigs around the area. And the bass player, Hassi Hagman, who I read out a few seconds ago there, had previously been in Joey Tempest's first band. Of course, Joey Tempest went on to be the singer in Europe, who are famous for the hit single, The Final Countdown, which is probably one of the most widely recognized rock songs in the world. So in 1984, as I said there, the band appeared on the compilation album Swedish Metal released by the label Sonnet, who would go on to release the self-titled debut album the following year. 
Interestingly enough, Sonnet, while they dabbled in jazz and other uh, music genres, they'd go on to release the Ghost album, Infestissimum, in 2013, and also other releases around that time from Ghost as well, such as the If You Have Ghost EP and some other singles and things like that. So the two tracks featured on that compilation are Looking For An Answer and Burning Machine. Now, they would both end up on the 1985 self-titled album as well. Another two tracks, which would also appear on the 1985 self-titled album, would appear on the compilation album Summer Rock 84. Again, another compilation of Swedish rock bands from 1984 compiled together and released on the Frittid Stockholm label in Sweden and Mercury internationally. Uh, These were Stories from the Old Days and Strong Vibrations, which again would also feature on the debut album released in 1985. So you've got a couple of compilation albums, a couple of tracks released on each. You've got the full-length album released in 1985. And then after that, there was a demo that circulated, which was only released on cassette. If it was even officially released, it's hard to determine from looking up stuff online. But there were three tracks released on that, uh, which didn't feature on the debut album. They were called Can't Get Enough, Rock is Alive and Born to Flames. Now, this is particularly hard to find, and I had some trouble locating it, but If you know where to look, you can usually find these things after a while. And I did come across it. What's interesting is that those three song titles would feature on an album that was released in 2018 by a band called Universe Infinity. But I'm jumping ahead of myself here. The band split up in 1988 after releasing just one full-length album and the aforementioned releases on the compilation albums and one cassette tape of demos, which may have not even been an official release. Now, the members didn't really see each other, but did meet up in 2002 for the first time in 14 years. And they were in strong agreement that they had unfinished business, certainly musically, and they needed to get back together as a band. Obviously, things like life, adulthood, families, got in the way. But the band members kept in touch over the years, and in 2018, a new lineup was formed, albeit under the name Universe Infinity. So it's kind of a situation like Riot V or Riot 5, whereby the band is has some of the original members and is going out under a similar guise, but has decided to change the name slightly to make a distinction between the band that came before and the band that is around currently. So five-sixths of the last known lineup have actually participated in this reunion. So it has a lot more legitimacy to it than maybe some of the bands going out there on the European festival circuit, retaining a name, but retaining very few members from their glory days or from an original lineup or a lineup that people remember. So currently in Universe Infinity, you have Michael Kling on lead guitar and vocals, Hassie Hagman on lead bass, lead bass, uh, Per Nilsson on guitar and vocals, Anders Wetterstrom on drums, Freddie Christram on keyboard, and the new singer Andreas Eklund on vocals. A little blurb from the official Universe Infinity website says, at first Universe Infinity lacked a singer, but suddenly one day he was just there. Andreas Eklund became the new frontman. His narrative lyrics and tasteful melodies opening the door to another dimension, so the band could take a bigger step into the galaxy. Lots of space puns there. Andreas has a ton of experience and has, among other things, played and released albums with the AOR band House of Shakira. Now, finally, Universe Infinity is back with a new album, a powerful album that is a tribute to the music of the 70s and 80s and to their youth in the Uplands Vaspi. Or in Uplands Vaspi. So, we've got a band who released one album in the 80s, disappeared off the face of the earth, and came back in 2018. How many times have I heard this story, or something similar to it? No doubt enticed by the European metal festival circuit, the likes of Keep It True and Metal Assault, which they ended up playing in 2018, in fact, when they came back. Uh, our old friend Ollie 
being the organizer of that. So essentially we have two different bands, in, in, technically, one called Universe, one called Universe Infinity, two different albums, but let's just say the band released two albums, one in the 80s and one in the 2010s. And as I said, the album released in 2018 called Rock Is Alive, don't tell Gene Simmons, has three songs which feature very similar names to those released on that demo tape that was circulating in the 80s. So we have Born In Flames rather than Born To Flames, uh, She Can't Get Enough rather than Can't Get Enough, and Rock Is Alive retaining the exact same name. The band have played several festivals, as I said, since sometimes being billed as Universe, sometimes being billed as Universe Infinity, or Universe with the Infinity symbol beside their name, that is a horizontal eight. So again, kind of like the Riot V, Riot uh, thing, or similar to Kate's Acid, which I talked about on my... Um, Keep It True uh, retrospective where I went into the thing about the band Acid and the singer Kate. And now if you see Kate's Acid featured on a bill, the word Acid is enormous and you'd have to have excellent eyesight or you'd have to have your glasses on you to see the word Kate's hiding up there in the corner so as that you won't see it, let's be honest. Let's take a look at some of the music that featured on the original album called Universe released in 1985. Before I play any clips, I want to say this is an absolute gem of an album. One of those albums where, upon the first listen, even to the opening chords, the opening riffs of the first song, you know you're going to like it. And you can tell, if you're me anyway, it's the type of 80s hard rock slash heavy metal that is just really appealing and not something that is around today authentically, but is definitely mimicked by a lot of bands who are around today. It's very difficult to get that authenticity when you are in something like the new wave of traditional heavy metal. Now, a lot of bands come close or they put their own spin on it, like Nestor, who were a really enjoyable band who have enough of their own unique character to pull it off. But they're real gems, the real hidden albums of the 1980s of bands maybe who only had a couple of albums, didn't find any success and then disappeared. This is one of those. This is one of these diamonds in the rough and it rewards trawling through metal archives and looking up these bands and finding out who they are and listening to them and going and finding their demos and all of that type of stuff that is part of the reason why I do a podcast to begin with. We start with the song Rolling On. It's an absolutely beautiful opening guitar riff and chords. We know which decade we're in. The chorus is charmingly off-key, likely deliberate and very catchy. So I'm going to play a clip of that now. On first listen, the singer Kajel Wallen, again, I'm butchering the name, somebody correct me, Jonathan, Eric, one of you, uh, 
He doesn't remind me of anyone on this opening track. He doesn't. I'm not finding that I'm hearing David Coverdale, or I'm not finding that I'm hearing Jeff Tate, or I'm not hearing Bruce Dickinson. I'm not hearing anybody that I can immediately identify his voice with, which is rare in the hard rock and heavy metal spectrum. So initially, that wins me over. So immediately, straight out of the gate, it's got a nice pace. It's a great opener. Yeah. Then later on in the song, about halfway through, we have a lovely clean-toned guitar solo. So I'm going to play a clip of that here. <laughs> Which leads into some really nice synths, yeah. some kind of atmospheric noodling as well there in the background. Towards the end of the track, we get some excellent lead behind the vocal, which leads into more soloing. Um, it's flawless 80s heavy metal, and with hints of AOR, but that's the kind of heavy metal being released at the time. When you consider a magazine like Kerrang! was gathering the likes of Journey, Marillion, Iron Maiden, Deep Purple, and everyone else from that era under the banner of heavy metal, I think it definitely applies to a band like Universe. <laughs> Next up we have the track Stories from the Old Days, so if you listen to the intro here You can see it's a faster paced, dare I say it, kind of funkier riff. It leads into Kajel, I wish I knew how to pronounce his name, Kjell maybe? Singing in a higher register on this one. Moving into the pre-chorus, we hear hints of journey, I'd say. On this song, unfortunately, the pre-chorus delivers more than the actual chorus uh, in terms of hooks. And then towards the end of the song, we have really nice fast guitar soloing. Very impressive. 
So far, so good. The next song, the title stood out to me immediately. And if you're a fan of Iron Maiden, it'll stand out to you as well. One of the most controversial or just hated songs in the Iron Maiden catalogue is called Weekend Warrior. It's on the album Fear the Dark, which wasn't released for another seven years after this. Uh, But before there was Iron Maiden, there was Universe. And this song is also called Weekend Warrior. But before there was Universe, there was Ted Nugent. And the less said about him, the better. But he did have a song called Weekend Warriors, I believe, in the 1970s. So neither Universe nor Iron Maiden can lay claim to using that first as a hard rock or heavy metal song title. But um, here's the intro to Weekend Warrior. Excellent heavy chords there, playing over like a chugga-chugga-chunk guitar riff. Uh, It leads into atmospheric, siren-esque lead, which brings us to a fast-paced melodic riff. Then Kjell's vocals kick in with a slight effect on them, a lovely melodic verse which leads into an irresistible chorus with fantastic lead chasing the vocals. Have a listen to this. So, three songs in, and we've got three winners on this album. This gem of an album from the 1980s. Moving on now to track five, we're going to listen to a clip from Looking for an Answer. The opening riff here kind of reminds me of Modern Iron Maiden. Have a listen. And then the first of many instances where Universe kind of remind me of 80s or maybe even 90s Rainbow. Have a listen to the chorus here for Looking for an Answer. Well, 
several parts of that there remind me of the Dougie White Rainbow album, uh, Stranger in It's All, released in the 1990s. But lots of it and lots of the album quite reminds me of 1980s Rainbow as well. Okay, another highlight on the album for me is the song Woman, track number seven. Uh, if we listen here a few seconds in, you can see it's a completely differently structured song, reminiscent of maybe Uli John Roth era Scorpions. Have a listen to this. You came with thunder, and you changed my life. Then it goes into this section here, which drives right back into the verses with that beautifully powerful riffing. You are the woman, woman in my life. Woman I dream of. You are the woman, woman in my life. Woman I need to know every day and night. And then, later on, about 1 minute 51 into the song, we have another Blackmore-esque solo here. Have a listen. Okay, so those are the standout tracks, the standout clips from Universe, Universe, released in 1985. And needless to say, the album comes highly recommended for me. One of the best albums I've found so far on my quest for heavy metal, Ferg's Quest, which moves along into the 2010s. So as we discussed, or as I discussed earlier at the start of the podcast, the band got back together under a different kind of guise. Only really one member in the difference, that being the singer in 2018. And the album released at the time was called Rock Is Alive. This album is somewhat different in that the singer change noticeably affects the band. Now, I've deliberately skipped over the demo tape that was released in the 1980s. Uh, Some have it down as 1985. Some pinpointed to between 85 and 88. It's quite difficult to tell as it doesn't appear to have been an official release. So I skipped over the songs that were included on that because I'd like to compare them to their counterparts, well, at least in name, that feature on this album, Rock Is Alive, that was released in 2018. Uh, But first, we'll start with the opening track here, which is the strangely titled Start, Give All Your Love. Kind of sounds like a bit of a sanitized journey. I'll just play a clip of the start of the song here. Just 
Yeah, so um, around one minute, 40 seconds in here, we get the chorus. I'd say there's glimpses of the Journey song Separate Ways in the chorus, but if Tony Martin is a discount Dio to some, then Andreas Eklund is a sale must end Steve Perry. Nothing too remarkable about this. All right, we'll move on. Next song on the album is called Catch of My Life. I'm going to play the start of the song here. You can let me know who this sounds like because I think it sounds like somebody, but I can't quite pinpoint it. can't quite put my finger on which singer from the 80s, I'm guessing, this reminds me of. Then we have some interesting lyrics here a bit later on. So delicious to eat. An interesting metaphor or gratuitous sex reference? You decide. So yeah, we're a few tracks into the album here and I am wondering if maybe they should have left the past in the past. As I said, the singer sounds like somebody I can't quite put my finger on, but that's perhaps, it's because the band sounds like a, just a, a generic mixture, a, a homogenized combination of uh, Rainbow, White Snake, Deep Purple, Journey, etc. If all those four bands, you know, had a, had a child, maybe that's what this singer would sound like. It's rather lightweight and uh, nothing stands out about it so far. Um, nothing remarkable about the next track on the album either. Track four shares its name with one of the songs that appeared on that demo from the 80s, so I'll hold off on that for a second. And we'll move on to track five, which is Red Submarines. Now, this is where I kind of changed my mind a small bit. It's definitely a departure from what we've heard so far. It has a great intro and tempo. Give it a listen. And then later on, we get the chorus into a guitar breakdown. This is definitely the best instrumental passage on the album for me.
And now moving along, what I'd like to touch on is the tracks on this album, which share the names or share similar names to the tracks that were released on that 1980s demo, possibly 1985 demo. Um, So we have She Can't Get Enough on this album, which shares a similar name to Can't Get Enough from the 80s. Then we have Born in Flames, which shares a name similar to Born to Flames. And then we have Rock is Alive, which is the exact same name as the song Rock is Alive from the 80s. Uh, So... Let's have a quick listen to She Can't Get Enough from the 2018 album Rock Is Alive. Right, again, I'd say it's kind of like rainbow light in places. Uh, and now let's compare this to the demo version called Can't Get Enough from 1985. So a band who has material hanging around from the 80s and then records it in the 2000s, like 30 years later, that's always really interesting to me. You know, the odds and sods, the bits of songs that were written when you were at your most creative, at your most successful, but didn't get used. And then later on down the line, they end up getting used. There was a famous example of that with Van Halen when they released A Different Kind of Truth in 2012. Um, rumor had it that most of that material was hanging around from the 70s or 80s, from the David Lee Roth era. And that, that kind of thing always intrigues me. So let's have a listen to Can't Get Enough from 1985. Okay, so there's certainly more bite, more emotion, a far more interesting singer, but it's clearly not the same song or anything close. It doesn't share any similarities with it. But as I listened through the album, I realized that the actual song that was based on Can't Get Enough from 1985 was track nine on this album called Lady Luck. Have a listen.
So you can see the similarities there with the song called Can't Get Enough, even though lyrics can't get enough, uh, from the 1985 demo. We're going to say it's 85, but we don't really know. But yeah, it's kind of a watered-down version of a song that I wish had got recorded at the time, unfortunately. Now we move on to Born in Flames. This is from the 2018 album Universe Infinities. Rock is Alive. you can hear there is a nice intro riff uh, but with bikes um, again it's kind of like 70s 80s rock AOR composite vocals can't quite pinpoint who it is but it could be David Coverdale it could be even Ian Gillen in places it could be uh, Joe Lynn Turner it could be Dougie White who knows um, and then let's have a listen now to its counterpart from 1985 which certainly is based on the same song structure it's called Born Two Flames here we go Okay, again, so I'd say the riff has far more bite. The singer almost has like a disaffected, almost punk quality to his vocals, but he can hit the notes as well. Okay, and then the final track I want to look at on this album and the 1985 demo is called Rock Is Alive. So here is the modern version. So yeah, it's kind of a mid-paced rocker. Uh, hammers home the point that Rock is Alive. Rather generic, I'd say. And here's the version of Rock is Alive from 1985. 
Again, far more urgent. It's a shame they didn't get to do it or make an album with singer number two, Jan Astrum. It's a bloody shame. I think they owe a lot in general. If you're looking at both the original Universe album from 1985 and the Universe Infinity album, Rock is Alive from 2018, I think they owe a lot to the Deep Purple family tree. I'm hearing lots of White Snake, Deep Purple, Rainbow, uh, etc. in there in various different ways, the various different singers, the song structures, the bits of organ coming in in the background, the riffs. Even the guitar soloing in some places reminds me of Richie Blackmore. But overall, I think that the 1985 album is an absolute banger. As I said earlier, a gem. Something you should definitely seek out. Thankfully, if you're like me and you listen to most of your music on streaming platforms, it is available on streaming platforms. And so is the Universe Infinity album as well, if you want to go and seek that out. Uh, But if you want to go and buy it as well, when the band reformed in 2018 or formed into the new version, Universe Infinity, they did reissue the twenty the 1985 album Universe. So that is available to purchase as well, a newly reissued version. Uh, So... There you go. That has been my quest into the universe to listen to some more obscure Swedish heavy metal from the 80s and then from the 2010s as well. Next time, I hope to have a deep dive into, into, unto others. That's a difficult one to say. Previously known as Idle Hands. I know some of you are familiar with them. I've been chatting to some of you about this band. I actually got a ticket to go and see them. They're playing in Dublin in a very small venue on the 14th of March. I was chatting to... George from the Metal Gods podcast about that one um, and I think he was going to go and see them but it clashed with a wrestling event both me and George are wrestling fans so we talk about that from time to time and uh, he was disappointed he couldn't go uh, and then I he'd reminded me that I saw that they were advertised for Dublin and um, it's a tiny little venue and like him I think they're going to be quite big quite successful i was playing some of their songs for somebody in a house party there last weekend and they were like oh jesus they sound like ghosts and i was like yeah they kind of do sound a bit like ghosts anyway that's for the next episode this one has been about the band universe slash universe infinity i hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed the deep dive into the obscure i hope you enjoyed ferg's quest volume two i have an interview scheduled next week with somebody from a band who i've mentioned multiple times on this podcast but probably not in maybe even the last 12 months so there's a cryptic clue for you about my next interview episode as i said i have one part of a series which will probably contain three parts in the can and i'm not going to release any info about it or any of the episodes until i've got them all done because i've made mistakes in the past about doing that and it's only come back to bite me in the ass and beyond that i will be doing an episode on unto others in the near future that's going to do it for this episode i will see you next time and feck off (laughs) We'll <laughs>